0: Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. You know what I hope? What? That now that they're both in the afterlife, Sylvia Plath and Virginia Woolf just get to hang out.
1: Hmm. Would you call them your ghost ship, then?
0: Absolutely, I would. <laughs> it's Spoop Hour, and I ship it.
1: We're a paranormal comedy
0: podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Sasha. And we're both Halloweenies. Thanks for coming guys. We have cake pops. (laughs) They're really cute except mine's face got a little smushed. Check it on the Instagram.
1: It's (laughs) It's still really cute. It's still very cute. It's
0: like very much a mood where I'm like, I'm still cute, but also I have a smush face. Yes. Yeah.
1: I I relate deeply. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Shout out to Starbucks for making little strawberry cake pops. Yeah. They're really cute. We
0: went because both Sasha and I this morning were like, so we were like, we got to go to Starbucks. And then when we walked in, I was like, holy shit, it's little Mm -hmm. baby strawberries. it good.
1: Strawberry cake. Ooh, shit. Mm hmm. They don't do strawberry cake pops that often anymore. No. Mm. Mm.
0: It's because, I know from experience, i made strawberry cake pops once. Mm -hmm. They can come out really, 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 really sweet. Yeah. Like, almost sickeningly so. Yeah. This one's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I like it. No regrets. No regrets. Okay, so you heard it here first, folks. Go get Starbucks strawberry cake pops. Mine's
1: like a darker pink than yours. Oh. Interesting. You can find us, as always, at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. And you can always send us... Questions, comments, stories. Please send stories. We're, we have a dearth of stories right now. It's been very sad. It's very dry. Our well has dried up. But you can send us stories at spoophour at gmail.com. Yep. Um, can I tell you a
0: funny story about me and the word dearth? Please. So it was a word that I'd only ever seen written down. And for some reason, instead of my brain going, it's like death, but with an R, I was like, it's clearly day earth. And I was a grown-ass woman when I learned that that was not the case, because it was like five months ago. Oh, God. Like, I have to say, oh, yeah, we're having a day-earth of whatever the fuck, to my boyfriend. And he goes, you know, it's dearth, right? And I was like, it is?
1: Yeah, it's earth with a D. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Somehow my
0: brain didn't go to that. My brain was like, it's clearly a two-syllable word. Dearth.
1: <laughs> <Day-earth. laughs> so day-earth.
0: now I have to actively, if I try to say that word, I have to actively stop myself, because I still read it in my head as day earth. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like when you see words that are only written out and you don't hear them yeah. very often, like "dearth" is not "oof." Uh, oh, Siri. Siri, no. <laughs> D- it just does not. <laughs> All right. Well, Siri's gonna kill us. Um. Yeah, but if you don't see it, you know, hear it spoken, mm-hmm. like it's not your fault. I did my best. You did your best. I did my best. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? I feel like something did the other day. Like it was just like late at night and mm-hmm. the. I think Psyche, like, jumped off the bed onto the floor upstairs and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) But nothing, like, overtly spooky like other weeks. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um,
0: I documented mine on Twitter. Ah, yes. Yesterday I was getting ready to leave the house to go to work and I was like, wow, I'm going to be so early to work. And this is great, because I'm out of it today, so I'm probably going to be not super productive, so I could use this extra time. Mm-hmm. Then I open our door, mm-hmm. and there's still the clear plastic door out front, and I'm like, holy shit, it's that fucking spider. Except I saw it this time, and it's gotten fucking bigger. So I took a really bad picture of it, and then I was like, I'll show you, you motherfucker. I'll go out the back, and then you can't get in my eyeball or whatever and be weird. So I went out the back... And promptly walked through a different fucking spider web. And then I was like, ugh! And then
1: you had to probably trudge through the swamp. Yes, and then I
0: trudged through the swamp and I was like, this I knew. I knew this risk. I accepted this risk. It's fine. And then, like, I get to my car and some enterprising spider built its web connecting your car to mine. Like, your passenger (laughs) door to my driver door. And I was like, come the fuck on. And I was, like, so over it that I literally just, like, ducked under it, opened my door, and, like, shuffled into my Uh, car like a fucking troll. But that one didn't get on me. So I was going to say, this There's is the one risk
1: that we took by we're moving to a neighborhood that's like in the woods and yeah. not like, you know, next to a police station and a fire station and yeah. like bright lights all the time. Big city.
0: Yeah. 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 And now I have to burn our place down, which is really sad. No, it's, cute. it's really nice. It's
1: really cute. Oh, I guess one thing that was kind of creepy was when my dad and I were digging up our front yard to fix <laughs> the... Um, to fix the drainage thing. Our basement flooded. Yeah, we, I think we talked that about last it in week. The last week. Yeah. It turned out it was much more than we expected. Yeah,
0: yeah but it's it
1: should be resolved but, now. Yeah. So my, my dad came over because he's technically like our, my parents are our neighbors basically. They yeah. live one neighborhood over. But he he and my brother came over to help like re landscape and like re funnel the water away from our house. And as we were digging, my dad hit something in the ground and went, oh, oh. And I was like, uh, did you find a body? Yeah, I was like, I was actually legitimately concerned that we like found like a pet skeleton or something, <laughs> and then no, it was just like another tube. Oh. But it explains why the water wasn't draining away from the house. That's true, and yeah. also
0: it was a tube full of bones, like the sarcophagus, like the sarcophagus, <laughs> just full of premium skeleton juice and bones. We're
1: having a Halloween... summer Housewarming. Housewarming party next week. So as you guys, at the end of the week that you're listening to this episode, mm-hmm. and we almost missed the opportunity to make a punch with the skeleton I know. in it.
0: But thank so. God we thought of it, because yeah. otherwise that would have been a primo missed opportunity.
1: Right? Because it would have been a day of missed <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be topical when no. Halloween actually rolls around. It's yeah. topical right now. So yeah, so we're, we're
0: going to do uh, red primo skeleton juice punch with alcohol in it.
1: It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So what's our episode about today?
0: We are gonna be talking
1: about ghost ships. But not the kind where you ship it. You ship it and you want like I don't know Sylvia Plath and Virginia Woolf to
0: have happy experiences in the afterlife together. Emily Dickinson can come too. Oh she can. Yeah. Aww, right? yeah. yeah. Let's get the Brontes in there too. I feel mm-hmm. like they'd want to mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. I have like Galantines. Yeah, Jane Austen, get in there, mm-hmm. you know, just have a great Galentine's in day afterlife. We're talking about the ghost ship kind that you take on the ocean, like the boat kind. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you ate the butt first of your cake pop. I did.
1: <laughs> and it left its mouth so it can still scream.
0: No! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Sasha's a monster. I realized after I pitched ghost ships, which I originally pitched because Sasha was going to the beach this weekend, but then she is not doing that. Because it keeps raining. Yeah, and so... Ghost ships, it is relevant in that it's summertime, it was shark week this past week. Mm-hmm. What do you take to go look at shark Ships. But we also kind of did this episode already, but not really. We talked about spooky ships and shipwrecks,
1: Yeah, because so I we, talked about the Queen Mary, but it's not a ghost ship, it's just right. a ship with ghosts on. Yeah, I actually looked up that episode last night while I was doing my research yeah. to figure out like what we had talked about. Yeah. But I did exactly that. Everything that we're talking about today it is different. Is different. Yeah. So this is just like part two of that episode that yeah. we did in like November.
0: Yeah. So, so the definition of a ghost ship is not a ship with ghosts on it. It's a ship that has mysteriously lost all of its crew and then is found just like floating around. Mm-hmm. So like it is manned by ghosts, but not actually. So the Queen Mary, while it is a ship with ghosts on, is not actually a ghost ship. Right. So this is a confusing nautical definition. So that's why. We're going over it now.
1: Yeah, and I think I stretched out that definition a little bit. I mean, don't my we right. all? Yeah, don't we all?
0: I also just wanted to talk about the shipwreck where they found fucking clockwork, and it's from like 400 BC or whatever. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That which sounds is great. That's not that's not super
1: spooky. It's just cool. I really <laughs> wanted to talk about the frying Dutchman or the flying. The fr- <laughs> I keep <laughs> I keep saying frying instead of flying. But anyway, it,
0: is it possible? Be because you want us to open a restaurant and call it the Frying well, Dutchman, it, it and we may just serve have been like that, Dutch pancakes.
1: Um, yesterday on FX. FXX, they were playing, like, a season one marathon of Simpsons, yeah. and the f- frying Fried Dutchman meat. shows up a lot more in, like, the earlier seasons. That's and the one so I... that
0: had the all-you-can-eat buffet, yeah? Yeah. And then, does Home. this look like a man who had all he could eat? <laughs> <laughs> but Mrs. then I think Simpson, also may I remind you, you're under oath. We mm. drove around trying to find another all-you-can-eat seafood place, and then we went fishing. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love the Simpsons. Yeah.
1: So, all right, you want to kick us off? I'll kick us off, yeah, cuz I've got little stories, you've got big stories. I've got three big stories. I've got five little stories. All right, so when I first started doing my research last night, Yay! Um, first off, shout out to Mental Floss and Wikipedia for carrying me through all of my research because I was struggling with like PMS headache. Yay! Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I now know what that headache was.
0: I mean, um, Isn't that always the way? It's like, wow, I felt like shit all week. I wonder what's wrong with... Oh,
1: okay. Oh, yep. <laughs> so I started typing the phrase ghost ships into Google, oh, and yeah. it popped up with ghost ship Japan, and I was like, <gasps> hell Yeah! But then I started reading the articles, and it was a real bummer. Aww. So in 2015, more than a dozen ghost ships washed ashore in Japan from North Korea Aww. with either this, the dead bodies of fishermen or refugees on board. Aww. And then last winter, November and December of 2017, yeah. more ships started washing ashore. And Aww. so they're you know ghost ships because they're unmanned. They're the fishing boats that were washing up were made from repurposed military boats, mm-hmm. and they turned up with dead bodies, sometimes decomposed all the way to skeletons. Mm. And they only have the current to guide it, and so it became, like, this huge problem.
0: Well, I'm sad now. Yeah,
1: right? And so I was like, I need to find something <laughs> spookier. <laughs> that so, is the thing. Yeah. I pitched this
0: episode,
1: and then I was like, this was a mistake- It is surprisingly hard to research. Yeah. So I'm going to do four really short stories and then I'm going to end with one longer story. But we'll switch back and forth.
0: Cool. Is it about the time that you and your family went to an all-you-can-eat seafood place, but then they cut you off because your dad was just eating too much seafood and then you
1: drove around (laughs) If they're going to cut anyone off, they're going to cut me off. That is true. (laughs) My parents would be like, why? Why are you doing this? Sasha, please. We have a home. No, I want all of that seafood. (laughs) Okay. So the first ship that I found is called Baron Falkenberg. Ooh, Ooh. he sounds fancy. All right, so Germany's North Sea is haunted by the legend of the medieval Baron Falkenberg, whose story is said to begin when his long-lost brother returned home rich and planned to marry a village maiden that the Baron himself had his eye on. Uh Uh-oh, love triangle. Isn't that always the way? Right. Fucking brother rolls up and he's like, I'm rich now, dibs on that girl. At the wedding feast, the plentiful food and champagne temporarily soothed the Baron's soul. (laughs) But not for long. Dun-dun-dun. According to one telling, the baron's brother touched him up in the wrong place. Gross! It's your brother! Whereupon the baron picked up a champagne bottle and bashed his brother over the head.
0: Well, yeah, because if your brother grabs your dick, you are fully
1: justified in bashing him over the head. I'm just going to say it. But the groom fell down dead, and his bride ran, screaming into the room. The baron tried to convince her of his love, but she declared that she would rather die than accept him. So the baron (laughs) took his declaration to heart literally, and stabbed a knife into her heart. Classy. Then the Baron fled to the beach where he found a boat and a man who stood up and said, the captain has been expecting you. Uh Uh-oh. 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 The Baron got into the boat, which took him to a gray ship, and he hasn't disembarked in 600 years. So those who have seen the Baron's vessel say it's always heading north without a helm or helmsman, and that a masthead flickers with a blue flame, illuminating (sighs) the sight of the Baron on deck, playing dice with the devil for control of his soul.
0: That's a long ass game. Right? If he's been on there for six hundred fucking years, also how do you play dice? Right, I email spoopowour
1: at gmail.com. Explain. That's a serious question. Yeah, we we don't know. I genuinely do. And not then know. to make this story even deeper, some historians say it may be actually connected to a Norse saga in which a Viking sea captain named Stuttstall <laughs> Stuttl. <laughs> oh, just kidding. I deleted the space. The <laughs> name is Stutte, and he stole a ring. <laughs> Stute stole a magic ring from the gods. As punishment, Stute was transformed into a living skeleton covered in fire and condemned to spend the rest of eternity affixed to the mast of a ghostly black hulled longship.
0: Now, I'm not an expert in this, but isn't that the plot of the movie Ghost Rider starring Nicolas Cage? Probably. That he's a skeleton covered in fire? And also, <laughs> he's a Viking person, Viking probably. person.
1: <laughs> Alright, and then my second short story, the Kaluche. Ooh. Caluche. Caluche. Ooh, I saw
0: that one, and yeah. then I was afraid to do it because of the coelacanth incident.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, I know. Well, I, I got your back. Don't I'm worry, so because I don't know how to pronounce this. <laughs> the waters around Chile's Ch- Ch- Chiloé Chilo Island are known for the terrible storms and for sightings of the Caluche, a demon ship with luminescent white sides and blood-red sails. Ooh, classy. Ooh, I know, I love this boat. If I find that boat, I'll put it in our sarcophagus punch. Hell yeah. We just float around. More than just your average ghost ship, the Kalusha is a sentient being. Hell yeah! That's rad. Who like can, the cars in Cars? Right? Who can glide across the surface of the water at impossible speeds or dive beneath it like a whale. Aww. Observers say when it passes you can hear the cackling of its demon crew who hop around on one leg and have faces that spin backwards. I love this boat. <laughs> I realize
0: this is supposed to be scary, but honestly I'm like, this is the best I'm like, fucking ship. am
1: like, on top of, yeah, I'm like, like, all about this. <laughs> I'm all in um, on I'm this I'm on, boat. I'm on board. Literally <laughs> on board with my one hopping leg and, and my spinning face.
0: face. The Great news, I have a summerween costume for you. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the ship is also manned by sailors both dead and alive, mm-hmm. either dragged from the deep or stolen from passing ships. However, the Kelushe only has one use for the officers it finds, and spills the others, driven half insane onto local beaches. In other versions of the tales of the ships, it is piloted by the souls of the drowned. Merchants who trade with the boat become suddenly wealthy, while those who see it supposedly wear crooked smiles forever. This thing is really rad. I was going to say, these are
0: not, like, they're only driven half insane. Not 100%. 100%. That's totally workable. And then, like, they just smile all the time.
1: Hmm.
0: Which, like, then men on the street can't tell you to smile more. (laughs) Because they're just like, oh god, please stop smiling. And then you unhinge your jaw and eat them. in one gulp like a snake. Yes. Not that I'm advocating that you eat street harassers, but, like... You do you. Yeah. I wouldn't be upset. No. No, I not either. All right. Well, my stories I ranked in terms of going from least creepy to most creepy, because mm-hmm. I have three big ones, and they get increasingly creepy. So starting with the not creepy, we have the Mary Celeste, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the better known ghost ships. Yep. Although, while I had heard the name Mary Celeste, I was completely unfamiliar with the story. So, thank you to Wikipedia, Smithsonian Magazine, and History.com for
1: telling me this story. Once again, donate to Wikipedia. Yeah. They give us information for free.
0: And don't you love this podcast? You do. Give money to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In 1868, the Mary Celeste had her maiden voyage. An American merchant ship, it had a mostly uneventful life of transporting stuff, sailing places, and just generally doing ship stuff. Mm -hmm. You know. On November 7th, 1872, the Mary Celeste sailed out of New York and charted a course for Genoa, Italy. On board were the ship's captain, Benjamin Spooner Briggs, which is arguably (laughs) one of my favorite
1: names. Spooner.
0: Spooner! His wife and two-year-old daughter, and eight crew members. After that, nothing. A month later, on December 5th, the De Gratia, a British ship, sailed past the Mary Celeste. It was at full sail, but it was adrift. The day Gratia sailed closer to see if the ship needed assistance, and that was when they discovered there was no sign of the 11 passengers Mm. on the ship. There was also seemingly nothing wrong with the ship. There was some water in the hold, but apparently that's not a big deal. It seems like it would be, but apparently it's not. I don't know shit about boats. Otherwise, the ship was in good shape. There was one lifeboat missing, but... It was in ship shape? It was in ship shape. And the ship shape (laughs) extended to the ship's provisions which had six months' worth of food and water. So if they had taken the lifeboat, they left all the food and water. Which is weird, because, like, you would think you would at least take some of it. Right. As it turns out, the Mary Celeste didn't actually have such a squeaky clean past. Uh Uh-oh. It was originally a ship called the Amazon, but after a series of what History.com calls mishaps, which I love... Uh... Because these are the mishaps... The sudden illness and death of the first captain, and a collision in the English Channel with another
1: ship—you uh, know, just mishaps. just
0: mishaps. So they rechristened it after this stuff, probably to like shake off the bad ship mojo. But I guess it didn't work. The De Gratia, upon discovering the adrift ship, salvaged it and sailed it to Gibraltar, which meant that they got a—they should have gotten a paycheck from the insurers of it, because that's apparently a thing. You find the ship, you salvage it, they—the insurers pay you money. Okay. But. A British vice-admiralty court convened to determine if the De Gratia crew could actually get paid. Because Attorney General Frederick Sol Flood, quote, suspected mischief, according to the Smithsonian Magazine. So, mischief. Mischief and mishaps. Mischief most foul. ship <laughs> most foul. Oh, I think we have our episode title.
1: We don't know shit about ships.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't know ship about ships. Ship about (laughs) ships. Don't know ship about ships. So, the Attorney General conducted a deep dive Uh, 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 to make sure that the De Gratia didn't actually do something to the Mary Celeste so that they could commit insurance fraud and collect their paycheck. By, you know, like, getting rid of the crew, being like, you know, here's 20 bucks, go live your life on this tropical paradise island, and then be like, oh, look, we found this ship. Money, please.
1: Money, please.
0: After more than three months of investigating, though, it concluded, having found no shenanigans of any kind. I have done nothing wrong in my life. (laughs) And the the insurance company was like, I know this. (laughs) But they still only paid out one-sixth of the $46,000 for which it was insured, Mm -hmm. which basically means that they really suspect that the De Gratia had, had something to do with what happened, but they can't actually prove it. But they're like, you fuckers did something shifty. Here's only a small fraction of what it would have been worth.
1: So do crime get kind of paid? Kind of paid, but not really. So,
0: you know. The Mary Celeste kept sailing after this, but it was under different owners, and it lasted about 12 years after that. Finally, the last captain deliberately ran it aground in Haiti for the insurance money, and while the sinking worked, the insurance fraud did not. (laughs) They were like, you ran it aground, and he was like, what? No, I can't read. (laughs) I suddenly can't read. <laughs> I suddenly can't read. So, where did the crew go? We don't know. So, we're going to go over some of the popular and weird theories. because they feel are... bad
1: for the family. Like I, the know, child. The, I know. The small child. Her name was
0: Sophia, and it made oh, me no. sad, because that's my niece's name. She's only two, and that's how old Sophia is going to be in a couple of days. <laughs> 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 don't go on ships, Sophia. Don't do it. So, some of the weird theories. Sea monsters and or a giant octopus... But they're like, mm, probably not because there was no damage on the ship. Right. But there is a variation on this theory that a giant octopus plucked everyone off the ship individually, One
1: at
0: which is why there's no damage. It was just like, you, boop, boop, you, boop, you, boop. Or maybe it was aliens and they just abducted everybody. And some people are like, it was the Bermuda Triangle, even though they were nowhere near the Bermuda Triangle when the ship went missing.
1: I like the octopus theory.
0: I know. It's just a very fastidious octopus. <laughs> like, when we were watching... Oh, you missed it! Oh, we were, no. When I had that brunch a couple of weeks ago, oh, yeah. we were watching Kitty TV on Amazon, which is literally just someone films the shit that happens in their backyard, and my cat loved it, and so did we, because we watched it. There was this chipmunk... And there was a corn cob and the chipmunk ate every piece of corn off of that corn just cob, one every at kernel, time. just one at a time, just boop, 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 boop. Oh so God. it's like that, but a giant octopus was... with people on a ship. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Another theory is that alcohol vapors from the ship's cargo expanded in the tropical humidity and then blew off the main hatch, mm-hmm. which then made people go, Oh no, we're about to blow up and so they bailed in the one lifeboat. Probably in a hurry because then they wouldn't grab all the food. They were just like, if the ship's going to explode, we just got to get And then they died out. at sea. Yeah. But it's probably not this because the main hatch was firmly attached when right. the salvagers found it. Because, again, no damage. Yeah, no damage. There was also the theory that two German brothers who were on the crew were actually murderers. And they killed everyone on board, then grabbed their stuff and bounced on the one lifeboat. But it's probably not this, because while the brothers' belongings weren't on the ship when it was found, it had more to do with the fact that there had been a shipwreck earlier in the year, and they lost all their stuff in that shipwreck. Uh-huh. So they were just light travelers.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, again, all of the food and stuff... Yeah,
0: if you were gonna kill everybody and then bounce, you'd take some of the food and water. Yeah. And then what probably happened is that the ship's equipment was broken, and so they weren't where they thought they were. They they probably thought they were closer to land than they Mm -hmm. were. And the seas were rough, and they couldn't get an accurate read of how much water was in the hold, so they couldn't actually tell if they were sinking or not. Mm. So they were like, you know what? I think we're close to land. Let's just go, because we don't want to sink. And they assumed they were better off abandoning
1: ship. Uh, And that's the Mary Celeste. That's frustrating. All right, so my next ship is called the Palatine. And like legend Emperor
0: Palatine, I'm just kidding. I know pa- Palatine, don't at me,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> that was one of the things when I was streaming with Jack the other day. He was I, 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 Oh, no, we weren't streaming. We were we were filming a promo video for something, and yeah. he was like, you know, the best way to get people on the internet to tell you information is not even, like, ask them a question. Just say something that's deliberately wrong and have them correct you. <laughs> that's true. I bet yeah. we just got
0: a bunch of listeners because I intentionally said Palatine was the name of the Emperor in Star Wars. Exactly. I know like, it's
1: not, but someone's going to tell us that. It's yeah. Palpatine. Also, Zelda's <clears throat> the boy,
0: not the girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Our our cat is named Zelda yeah. and she's a girl but she's but it's named because, after the boy. Yeah, it's
0: cuz I couldn't find a boy cat. So right. I was like I'm just going to use this name that I have and I'm I'm going to give it to a girl cat even though Zelda's the boy. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things, and one of my boyfriend's favorite things, is just him accusing me of being a fake gamer girl. Yes. Because I'll be like, yeah, I can't beat this one fucking temple in Zelda, it's driving me insane. And he'll be like, "Ooh, fake gamer girl, you're just trying to get my attention. And I'm like, oh, you've seen through me.
1: (laughs) Which is great, because I love video games, but I have only beaten one Zelda game ever. Yeah. Because I'm stuck in fucking Jabu Jabu's belly. (laughs) Cause Cause the can't. first time I
0: played Ocarina of Time, I got stuck in Jabu yeah, belly. Because it's, it's really so hard when you have hard. to carry the fucking princess. It's so hard. It's like, bitch, just move your
1: legs. Right? It's not that hard. And she's like,
0: no, I'm no, pounding. I'm... I'd rather stay in this belly and be digested slowly over an eternity.
1: <sighs>
0: okay. Anyway. Ghost so, ships. Palpatine.
1: Palpatine. Pal- <laughs> <laughs> I got in your head. It got... Yeah, you got in my head. Welcome, enraged Star Wars fanboys. We welcome you. <laughs> so... The Palatine. And the story that goes along this is The Palatine's Light. Ooh. So if you ever find yourself near Rhode Island's Block Island during the week between Christmas and New Year's... Very
0: specific set right? of circumstances. Yeah, it's like
1: during like basically Twelfth Night. Yeah. Mental floss suggests that you try gazing out into the water at night. The legend is that you might see an 18th century ship blazing against the darkness. Ooh. Um, and this apparition is called the Palatine or the Palatine Light, and it is apparently, one of America's like most famous or like most prominent ghost ship legends. Oh. Not that I've heard of it. No, me but, neither. But, but I, apparently I'm like is, is 420 like... blaze it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently this is like one of America, like if we were looking for like American ghost ships, like this, this is should like be the like one. the thing. Gotcha. So apparently there's no record of any ship known as the Palatine that wrecked in this area. Some people believe that the story might actually be based on a sad story of another ship. Oh. In 1738, the Princess Augusta ran aground on Block Island carrying a load of German palatines seeking a new life of religious freedom in America. Oh. A deposition cr- taken from the crew, only rediscovered in 1925, recounted that a fever and flux had killed many of the passengers and crew, and the acting captain had refused to let the starving, shivering passengers go ashore. Oh. Right? That sucks, right? That's just terrible That's management. Dickish. But yeah. that is
0: the kind of shit that... We've pulled. Yeah. Also, like, historically 1738. historically currently. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? And so while little, else known is, uh, while little else is known for sure about the wreck, this story kind of developed over mm-hmm. the course of a couple centuries, saying that the Block Islanders had lured the ship onto the shoals so they could salvage its contents and then murdered the remaining passengers oh, no. and burned the ship to conceal the crime. What ship heads? Right? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that version of the events was enshrined in John Greenleaf Whittier's 1867 poem, The Palatine, which appeared in the Atlantic Monthly and made the story famous. So so legend, 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 poem published <laughs> to like a wider audience. Yeah,
0: that's, I think that's how a lot of these, because that came up a couple of times mm-hmm. in mind where it was like, Legend, 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 one newspaper
1: runs with it. Legend, 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 legend. legend. bigger legend. <laughs> so Whittier's version was definitely different from the one that developed among the Block Islanders because mm-hmm. they had emphasized their kindness in saving the shipwrecked passengers <laughs> and nursing them back to health. I was thinking, what, what is that Broadway musical that's out right now? It's um, about the Canadians who helped the people who were stranded during 9-11. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you don't know? No. Okay. I can like see the typeface in the poster in my brain, but I can't think of the title. Some Broadway... Listener of our it's podcast, well, sorry. Oh, to come, bother come you. from away—that's oh. what it was. Come from away. <laughs> anyway, um, so the 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 Block Islanders are like, no, we were we were helpful. <laughs> so one historian named si- Samuel Livermore blamed the more troubling version of events and the story of the ghostly apparition on a n- notorious local woman known as the Dutch Cattern.
0: Su- you know how that Dutch Cattern gets—a
1: survivor who stayed on the island and became known as a witch. Yes, yeah, I know this story gets so much better as it goes on. Love it. According to Livermore more, Catern had her revenge on the ship that put her ashore by imagining it on fire and telling others, probably that the light on the sound was the wicked ship Palatine, cursed for leaving her on Block Island.
0: Honestly, it's probably for the best that I don't have that power, because
1: there are some times where I'm like, oh, I wish that was on fire. Then that would be inconvenient, but also that's rad. Right. Whether Catern was responsible for the idea or not, locals continue to insist that Many have seen the ship shining at night during that one particular week in December each year.
0: Alright, well we're going on a winter vacation. <laughs> to
1: Rhode Island, Yep, apparently. We're
0: going to get a little beach house. <laughs> While
1: we're freezing our asses off. Yeah. Because it's Rhode Island in the winter. We'll
0: get we'll get a little beach house that has central heating and a window that faces the right direction so that we can just comfortably stare, sit Cocoa under blankets and just wait.
1: Stare out the window at the ocean. <laughs> Alright. Which then, actually
0: sounds pretty nice, I'm not going to lie. I love wintry beaches. I, yeah, and me North too. And northeast beaches. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that seems really nice. All right, let's do okay. it. And then um, the second <laughs> short story that I have, or I guess now the fourth short story, is the SS Valencia. <gasps> so not like the character, um, character from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or the Instagram filter. Oh yeah. Yeah, but SS the boat. A boot. A boot. <laughs> it's been called the worst disaster in the graveyard of the Pacific, which is a treacherous stretch of coastal water from Oregon to Vancouver Island. On January 22nd, 1906, the Valencia, which was a coastal passenger liner going from San Francisco to Seattle via Victoria, snagged on a submerged reef on the southwest coast of Vancouver Island. Would-be rescuers were thwarted by the jagged, uncharted rocks and a fierce storm. And many lifeboats capsized in the rolling waters. So this is like the worst disaster, like, you know, the worst you can imagine. When um, even the
0: people who are going to help help you,
1: yeah, I can't get there. So, so worst case scenario all around. Yeah. So for 36 hours, scores of passengers clung to the deck or the rigging, enduring a series of strategic errors by rescuers and crew. Finally, a giant wave swept most of them out to sea. Only 37 of the 136 passengers survived, and all the ship's women and children perished. I'm I'm thinking that they probably evacuated the women and children first, first, and then all of those little lifeboats all, you know, were destroyed. I know. An investigation into the disaster resulted in the creation of the Pachina Point Lighthouse and a life-saving trail for shipwrecked mariners, which would later become known as the West Coast Trail. But several strange occurrences have been reported in connection with the disaster. Some on board, another, uh, on board another nearby ship reported seeing an image of the Valencia take shape in the exhaust cloud formed by the rescue ship City of Topeka, which managed to save some of the survivors. For years afterwards, sailors on the west coast of Vancouver Island reported seeing a phantom Valencia floundering on the waves, its terrified passengers and crews still holding on for dear life. Ooh. There were also reports of an Indian fisherman discovering a lifeboat either manned by skeletons and on the water or filled with skeletons and mysteriously hidden inside a cave. Yikes. But perhaps the most incredible of all is the fact that the Valencia's lifeboat number five was actually found drifting in Barkley Sound in 1933. Oh, shit. Still in decent condition 27 years after the disaster. Wow. And part of that lifeboat later went on display at the Maritime Museum in Victoria, British Columbia. Wow. Yeah, so that was like a terrible disaster. Yeah. But, like... It definitely happened. Yeah, it definitely happened, and it, like, endured for a while after. Wow. Yeah, right? Yikes. Yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Shipwrecks in America. Holy ship. Holy ship.
0: All right, the next one I have, again, getting a little creepier. This is the Lady Lava Bond. Lava Mm -hmm. Bond? I'm going to say Lava Bond. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Historic Mysteries, The Vintage News, and Wikipedia.
1: Wikipedia!
0: Give them money. The day before Valentine's Day in 1748, Captain Simon Reed decided to take his ship, the Lady Lovabond, for a leisurely cruise along the Thames with the ultimate destination of Oporto, Portugal. He was in a great and romantic mood, Mm. probably because he had just gotten hitched to a lovely lady named Annetta. So he threw caution to the wind and brought her aboard the ship for a honeymoon voyage. At the time, it was super bad luck to bring women on ships. Yeah. So he was like, Caught into the wind, I'm bringing my lady on board the Lady Levabond. And all the other sailors were like, This is awesome, we're happy for you. Uh. Almost everyone <laughs> was in high spirits, getting crunk and partying with the couple all night long. Almost everyone, that is, except for First Mate John Rivers. First Mate Rivers was salty. Yeah. In nah. my notes, I put, nah. but um, <laughs> Because despite being the best man at the captain's wedding, he never wanted the wedding to occur because hmm. he was in love with the beautiful Anetta. Not that love he ever, triangles. right? And he never indicated his interest to her. She was just supposed to like magically know and be like, "I right. love you too, bro. Let's
1: get married," he even should, though you never asked, right? I was gonna say he should go just hang out with Baron Falconberg. I know, like,
0: there's a ghost ship that I can get behind. They can be salty in the afterlife together. <laughs> And then it'll be a love line instead of a love triangle. Uh (laughs) The extensive celebration was too much for his jealous heart to take, so he drank and drank and drank to numb the pain. Don't we all? I mean, yeah. But also... And literally everyone is celebrating the lady you like getting married to somebody else, so I could see how you would be grumpy about it. it. it
1: but it, if you didn't tell her you were interested, you don't get to be that grumpy. It sucks. And, yeah, I've seen this happen in in my life, too. Oh, yeah. Even in, We've all know, been there. The 21st century, there are still dudes who, like, won't tell the person that they like that they like them until after they're engaged. Yeah. And it's like,
0: what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah, like... That was like my whole thing in high school was having crushes on everybody and then being upset when they started dating somebody else, and it's like but I never told them I liked them, I just had a crush on them and then kept it to myself and it was sad. <laughs> but I also never did what Rivers is about to do. Uh oh. As the ship I'm approached worried. the Goodwin Sands, Rivers came up with a plan. So the Goodwin Sands is a section of the English Channel that is infamous for being incredibly treacherous, like Rivers himself. <laughs> And it has caused more than a thousand shipwrecks since 1298. Holy ship. Yep. Both because it gets really secretly shallow during low tide. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like it's as shallow as it is. So ships run aground. And because even during high tide, the sediment at the bottom of the Goodwin Sands part of the channel moves around as big ships come through. Oh. So it creates kind of like a vortex that can suck ships down to the bottom and then they can't get back up. Oh, God. Yeah. So again, Lady Lovabond is sailing through the Goodwin Sands and Rivers attacked the newly married Reed, hitting him over the back of the head with some sort of club type thing. Oh God. Some accounts say Rivers just attacked the dude who was steering the ship with the club. It's unclear. Just, he attacked somebody.
1: And a champagne bottle? Is this just Baron Falkenberg, like, coming back?
0: It might be. (laughs) One account I read said it was like, it was like a broken piece of the ship. Like he tore off, like, part of the railing. It was just like, kick But anyway, regardless of what happened, Rivers took control of the ship and deliberately ran it aground among the shifting sands. There were no survivors.
1: What a dick. Right? Fuck you. You don't get to be like, oh, my heart is broken. I'm going to kill everyone. I'm going to literally break
0: everyone else on this ship, including myself. (sighs) You just go to town. You get another drink. You feel sad. You write a sad poem in your feelings journal. And then you find a nice new lady, and you're like, hey, you seem like you'd love a salty, crusty old man like myself. What are you doing for
1: the rest of your life? By the way, this is the best your hair has ever looked. I can't believe you were going to get it wet. (laughs) Watch the old... Just the Hamlet. The Hamlet one. one. The
0: Hamlet sassy gay best friend. They yeah. didn't age super great in the year of our Lord twenty eighteen. Yeah. But if you put yourself in the mindset of like two thousand five, it is it is very funny.
1: Yeah. I, I screened it for my IB classes this year, and yeah. we talked about what parts were funny and what parts did not age well. Yeah. Because my seniors were very progressive.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's very problematic. Yeah. But this is the best your hair has ever really? looked. Really, I can't believe you're gonna get it wet. <laughs> Exactly 50 years later to the day after this tragedy, uh-huh. so the day before Valentine's Day, uh. Captain James Westlake of the Eden Bridge and a different small, quote, fishing smack, which I don't know what it is, but apparently it's some kind of ship. Hmm. that just smacks the water, I guess. I don't no. know. But anyway, Captain James Westlake and this small fishing sat smack, fishing sack, <laughs> reported seeing the Lady Lovabond even describing the sounds of the celebration on board, until it broke up and vanished. Uh, Fifty years later again, uh, local uh, residents saw another ship on its way to running aground on Goodwin Sands. uh, At this point, they knew how treacherous it was, so everyone leapt into action and tried to rescue this ship. But their attempts at rescue were futile, because once again, the ship vanished, And there was no evidence that a collision ever took place. Oh,
1: God. So everyone was having this mass hallucination of this. Every
0: 50 years. This happened two more times, with the 1948 incident being the last reported sighting. Captain Bull Prestwick, which is yet another great name, all of these maritime stories have really great names. Seriously. Hi, I'm Bull Prestwick. That should have been the name of the villain, and up, am I right? Yeah, right. right? Anyway, that's a conversation we had off the air. Captain Bull Prestwick spotted the Lady Lovabond, and he said that while it looked very real, it was giving off an eerie green glow. Uh... In 1998, a bunch of looky-loos made their way to the Goodwin Sands to try and spot the ghostly vessel because it had again been 50 years, but alas, it did not show up this time. Hmm. Now to be a buzzkill, the ship probably was never real and this whole story was made up, Researchers speculate that the whole tale was created in 1924 when the Daily Chronicle published it, probably just for, like, some ghostly fun for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Because it's, like, the day before Valentine's Day, love triangle gone wrong. We,
1: we've talked about this before where, like, there will be newspapers and stuff, like, in the early 20th century where they yeah. just, like, have fun little spooky stories that get, like, picked up yeah. later. And, like, yeah, I don't know right. we, we've, we've talked, we've about, talked about it. We've talked about it. Basically, it's yeah.
0: just, like, they tell a fun little story... And without context, when we're reading it, you know, a hundred years later, it's like, oh shit, this actually fucking happened? Yeah. And then people run with it. It seems so real. Yeah. Especially like if you figure it happens every 50 years. So that's enough time for context to change and newspapers not to run that kind of story anymore. Mm -hmm. So 50 years later, the guy's like, holy shit, I read about that ship and now I'm fucking seeing it.
1: Yep. Bull,
0: Prestwick. Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, so for my last story, this is going to be a little bit longer because I get to talk about the Flying Dutchman. Fry it up. Fry it up. <laughs> All right, so yes, the Flying Dutchman of a seafood restaurant in The Simpsons. <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about the Flying Dutchman. Flying Dutchman is a ghost who has a green glow around him, yellow eyes with black irises, a scraggly beard, and a pirate hat with a chunk taken out, and a handbag marked soles. He has a droopy nose, a coat, little pigtails, and a ghostly tail, and also speaks with a West Country pirate accent.
0: He has sounds a, like my
1: boyfriend. He has a sister named Sally Dutchman. Oh, my boyfriend's a an child. And then during all of his appearances, the Flying, flying Dutchman <laughs> proves to be anything but a friendly ghost. Boo. Through his role in the series Spongebob Squarepants, <laughs> he is the devil of the sea, and he constantly varies from a sea demon to a restless soul or even a psychopompic judge of the dead. The Flying Dutchman has been consistently shown to be gruff, malicious, and even downright sadistic, <gasps> scaring people and stealing their souls out simply for fun. And in his first full appearance, he attempted to steal the souls of everyone in the Krusty Krab simply because SpongeBob's ridiculous costume as the Flying Dutchman was the ultimate insult to his image. Dun dun dun. Despite his antisocial behavior and malevolence, the Flying Dutchman isn't pure evil or without companionship. He has Does of, he hang out with the Baron Fossenberg or whoever? I don't, and fucking Sands? Not in Spongebob, but let's find out. <laughs> he has a number of ghost friends and has the capa- cap- uh, capability to bond with other people if they have the same interests or objectives. Aww. And while the Flying Dutchman takes strong delights in scaring people, he doesn't live exclusively to haunt mortals, having sometimes tormented them only out of boredom or otherwise because someone provoked him. I get it. He's no saint, but he has a strong sense of justice and has been known to... Award people for good deeds done towards him, or punish wicked souls, mm. and he's known to be kept uh, known to keep promises, as seen in Shanghai when he grants three wishes to SpongeBob and the gang in exchange for a sock. Aww. Okay, so that's just the SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems thought, legit. Seems legit. Seems like a, <laughs> you know, SpongeBob fans out there, Flying Dutchman, probably a crucial, you know, character in our childhoods. Mm. He he's the one. That, oh, The little 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 little. No, okay. I, I I'm not
0: super familiar with SpongeBob oh. honestly.
1: I the episode Shanghai with the Flying Dutchman is like yeah. my favorite. <laughs> anyway, so actual lore. The story usually goes something like this. An anxious captain paces the deck of his massive ship as it struggles against a storm, vowing to pay, pass the Cape of Good Hope whatever the cost. <sighs> whatever the cost. Don't say that shit. Don't say that ocean. shit because a mysterious voice that hears his oath and as punishment for his recklessness to the crew, condemns him to sail the seas around the Cape for eternity. Just him or the whole crew? His, uh... Because if it's just him, I think, him, totally I think fine. it's just him. Okay, cool. But he has to sail around the Cape for eternity, his glowing ship serving as a warning to other uh, mariners of bad weather and the cost of hubris. <laughs> So, first noted in the late 18th century, The Legend of Flying Dutchman is the most famous story of a phantom vessel in European and American lore. Mm. It has inspired the imaginations of Washington Irving, which, you know, like the middle school over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Wagner and Sir Walter Scott, as well as many others. The earliest accounts describe the apparition in connection with the crew of a Dutch ship lost off the Cape of Good Hope in a storm or due to disease, perhaps as punishment for some kind of horrible crime. Hmm. Like, maybe killing an albatross. Who knows? We just right, don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> an 1821 account in Blackwood's Edinburgh magazine introduced the name Captain Hendrik Vanderdecken.
0: <laughs> I love these names! Too old Cap- to be a Vanderducken. <laughs> quack, quack! Quack,
1: quack. <laughs> Said to have sworn an oath vowing to pass the Cape in a storm, even if it meant internal damnation. So there are some, you know, like, maybe some actual stories of... Oh, yeah,
0: I'm ter- sure. Terrible
1: captains being like fuck everything, we're gonna get through this no matter what. And And then one
0: crew person survives and gets home to his wife and is like, you will not believe what fucking Bill Vanderducken said. (laughs) And then it turns into a whole thing.
1: It turns into a whole thing. (laughs) So sightings of the Flying Dutchman, which can refer to both the ship... Or the captain. Okay. So, like, in Spongebob... Yeah, I always assumed it was referring to the ship. Yeah, and, like, the character in the Spongebob series is the ghost, right? But it had continued to the 19th, 20th, and 20th centuries. Um, Even Prince George of Wales, the future King George V, described seeing a ship glowing with a strange red life off the coast of Australia in 1881. Hmm. In March of 1939, about a dozen people claimed to have seen the vessel off the coast of South Africa. And during World War II, German Admiral Karl Donitz um, said that- <laughs> Now you have Donitz. No you have donuts. <laughs> said that members of the crew of one of his U-boats had seen the Dutchman while patrolling off of Cape Town. Some reports mention a crew of skeletons dancing in the rigging. Oh, that sounds fun. So I'm just thinking of the spooky, scary skeletons. skeletons are nautical, but... <laughs> So so that's one where it's like, okay, so maybe he's not alone in his yeah, eternal he's just, damnation. He's, he's got, got some little
0: spooky, scary skeletons. Skeleton dudes. I know from my boyfriend that in the uh, in the Dark Souls series, the skeletons mm-hmm. have the most fun. Because they're oh. always, like,
1: dancing around being, or, like, crazy. Like, we were talking earlier about Bloodborne yeah. and the little dudes who, like, sit in the fountain. And they have little top hats. The little top hats. And they're just living their best life. Yeah. And then others warn that the ship has the ability to lure other vessels onto the rocks. Supposedly the captain is jealous that other ships get to pass the cape and he'll do everything in the power to prevent them, because he's salty. And he made a big mistake, and he still won't own up to it. We're
0: just gonna have, like, a big crew of these dudes in the afterlife
1: just hanging out and being dicks about everybody right. else. Being like, they don't deserve I, their I happiness. I shipped them.
0: Yeah. Why don't girls like nice guys like us? Right. And then <laughs> he'll,
1: like, even go as far as, like, spoiling their food or making sure that, like, to pr- bring up a storm and ensure their death. Okay, he's dickhole. a dick.
0: Can I just speculate a little bit, though, yeah. and do my whole I don't really believe in ghost yeah. thing? <laughs> There is an old nautical saying that I think about when I'm trying to determine what the weather is doing, Mm. and it's the red sky at morning, Mm. sailor take warning, red sky at night, sailor's delight. Yeah. So I wonder, because he has that red glow, I wonder if people are like, oh no, it's the Flying Dutchman, and then we hit bad weather. Yeah. Or you were going to hit bad weather anyway, that's why the sky turned red, Mm -hmm. and now you're just blaming the Flying Dutchman. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, like, so you know, my, all of my experience with flying Dutchman as a child was either the pun of like the Simpsons the restaurant Dutchman. or the SpongeBob character. And mm-hmm. SpongeBob takes place in Bikini Bottom, which in my head is supposed to be Bikini atoll. Oh. That's right. Funny. And so I never thought of the Flying Dutchman as being like confined to one area. Yeah. And so all these stories being like Cape Town, Cape Town, Cape Town, South Africa, you know, yeah. the of Africa and da, 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 da and I'm like Huh? Like it, I didn't even know like until I did my research that it's a yeah. South African story.
0: It it might even just be that like that's a particularly treacherous bit yeah. of ocean that's prone to storms anyway. Right?
1: Isn't like wasn't the whole thing about like Magellan going all the way around the world? Yeah, like, that wasn't was a there big like deal a huge deal that they like were able to circumnavigate the the, the bottom, bottom of Africa, Africa? because yeah. yeah,
0: because it's really hard to do. So, right. and like that would also explain why people report seeing the flying Dutchman elsewhere because the sky turns red before a storm. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get a storm literally anywhere on the ocean and you see a red sky, you can be like, oh, oh flying Dutchman. Yeah. Oh, no.
1: But also it also kind of makes sense because now that I think about it, it's, it's the Dutch. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And guess what? The Dutch did a lot of sailing because it, they were colonizing. And being and assholes. Yeah. The Dutch East, East India Trading Company, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what I say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Powers three. I no, I, oh, you haven't seen Oh I haven't it. seen any of the Austin oh, Powers. Oh my god, Austin Powers three is so good. But it's I the, know I'm so I, well
0: informed on pop culture now, partially because I went through like a 10 to 15 year period in my life where I was like, I don't watch TV, I don't like popular things, so I missed like 10 to 15 years of yeah, TV shows and movies. Yeah, classic film
1: club. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. I was that kid. So oh well, there's a great line that's like, I hate people who are intolerant of other people. And the Dutch. <laughs> if you've ever seen Better Off
0: Ted, mm-hmm. which is great and you should watch it, I think it's still on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's only two seasons and there are six episodes each. It's a very quick, fun watch. But Veronica, the boss, played by Portia de Rossi, mm-hmm. and it's, I think, her best role. Has this thing about the Dutch where she's constantly shitting on them and being like, you know, ugh, why don't you go smear herring on something, you Dutch bastard, or whatever. <laughs> and then finally someone's like, yes, we get it, you, you hate the Dutch. And she goes, I don't hate the Dutch, I love the Dutch. That's why I hold them to a higher standard. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> so, we on Spoop Hour love pop culture. We do. We, we don't hate the Dutch. We don't hate the Dutch. <laughs> but we do hate the Flying Dutchman. And we also hate apartheid. Yes. So. <laughs> we hate the Dutch each
0: Company for their role in apartheid and, like, segregating the world. Exactly. Yeah. More, and, like, subjugating other cultures, etc., etc., etc. We don't hate the Dutch. Yeah.
1: But, you know. Just fuck colonizers. Just
0: fuck colonizers. <laughs> but don't fuck colonizers because they're assholes. Yes. You get it. Anyway, get it. <laughs> now that we've had some fun, let's creep it up because my last story is so fucking creepy. I was like, thank God I'm researching this while the sun is still out because yeah. I'm unset. Unset. I'm uncomfortable and upset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm unset. I'm unset and like I'm when glad... you take jello out of the mold too soon. <laughs> I'm glad that we're talking about this at noon.
0: Yeah. When, there's when the like sun's out. Ten and... hours till bedtime. Yeah. That's right. I go to bed at ten. <laughs> All right. So,
1: creepiest story for last.
0: The Oorang Medan. So, again, thanks, Historic Mysteries, Wikipedia, and MarineInsight.com. In June 1947, or maybe February 1948, okay. depending on the account, it's unclear. and We'll get into that. Two American ships picked up a strange message. They weren't sure where it came from, but one thing was clear. It was an SOS. Uh-oh. The message was in two parts, with a chunk of indecipherable Morse code in between. The first part of the message was, we float. All officers, including the captain, are dead. Lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly whole crew dead. Oh, God. Then there was the chunk of indecipherable Morse code. And then the second part, I die. No! The two American ships were like, I'm sorry,
1: what? What? I hate it.
0: Probably because they were not emotionally prepared for such a fucking creepy message on, like, a normal ocean day. I die. I die. Can you imagine? And this was before people just said that over, like, oh, those shoes are so cute. I die. Uh, This is before that. I hate it. So they investigated further because, again, they weren't sure where the message came from, and they worked with British and Dutch listening posts to determine the coordinates of the message originator. They found out that the message came from the SS Orang Medan, a Dutch freighter. See, we don't hate the Dutch. We're worried about them. It's fine. The coordinates were sent to the captain of the Silver Star, which was an American merchant ship and I assume the closest one to the coordinates. Uh-huh. And because of the message, the captain was like, okay, we're definitely on our way to go check this shit out because what the fuck? When the Silver Star pulled up on the Oorang Medan, it was eerily quiet. Uh. The ship itself was in perfect condition, Mm. but there were clearly no signs of life aboard, and attempts to contact the crew were unsuccessful. Mm. So the captain of the Silver Star organized a search party, and what they found is, again, I was very glad to be doing this research when it was light and not nighttime. So sorry if you're listening to this at night, you might want to turn it off here.
1: Well, yeah, you can come back to this in the morning. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay.
0: If you're going to enjoy it and it's going to, like, help you sleep, weirdly, go for it. If it's not going to help you sleep, you don't want to listen to it because it's real fucking creepy. Every single member of the crew was dead. Ugh. Even the dog was dead. No! Making it worse, everyone, even the dog, was frozen with horrible looks on their faces. Oh, God! Looks of sheer terror or, in the case of the dog, snarling. The human crew had their arms up like they were trying to fight something off. The captain was found dead on the bridge, and the radio operator, who had presumably sent the distress call, was dead at his station. Ah. The search party noticed something even weirder than all the horrible deaths. Even though the local temperature was at least 100 degrees, the ship felt oddly cold. Ah,
1: I hate it.
0: And all the bodies, other than the obvious fear on their faces and the weird contortions they were in, were in perfect condition. No injuries were seen. I hate it. Of course, the bodies were also partially decayed already, which is much faster than the decaying process actually goes. Right. They went very quickly. Like, I can't imagine it took more than a day or two to get out to this ship. Yeah. They shouldn't have been particularly decayed at that point. But they were. I hate it. The Silver Star crew was like, all right, I guess we're going to salvage this fucking nightmare ship. And they returned to their ship. And tethered, they, like, tied a toe. And within seconds of tethering the ships together, they spotted smoke coming from below deck. They then cut the tow rope and noped the fuck out of there before the Oorang Medan exploded and fucking sank. Oh, God! It fucking exploded! What the shit? <laughs> How, uh, uh, what- the what inc- <laughs> The incident was reported in some semi-reputable newspapers before finally being officially recorded by the U.S. Coast Guard in 1952, which is uh, somewhere between four and five years later, because again, 1947 or 1948. And the U.S. Coast Guard report cited the testimony of the Silver Star crew who had witnessed what happened. So what the fuck happened? What? What? Once again, we don't know. The most boring explanation is maybe there was carbon monoxide poisoning from an undetected fire on board. Like it was a big ship, so maybe there was a fire in a part nobody was in, the
1: smoke built up, everybody got carbon monoxide and they died. But but even the rescue crew though came on board and they didn't die. Yeah.
0: There's also speculation that the ship never existed at all and it's just an old fishwife's tale. <laughs> That's me trying to put a little joke in there cuz this is horrible. But those are boring explanations, and we don't want to talk
1: about them. No, boring explanations are boring.
0: So let's talk about not boring explanations. Oh god, okay. The Uring Medan may have been involved in some shady shit like the smuggling of potassium cyanide, nitroglycerin, or even wartime nerve agents oh, because it. remember it's 1947, 1947 1948 yeah. they used a lot of nerve gas then yeah so with this theory the idea is that nobody knew these things were on the ship so right. they didn't use that as an official explanation because they didn't know yeah and then the idea is that water entered the ship's hold because apparently again that's a thing that happens on boats mm-hmm. and then the salt water combined with whatever they were carrying to release some sort of toxic gas, which then poisoned and suffocated the men and the dog, which could potentially explain they were hallucinating, they were, you know, under a nerve attack. And so that's why everybody was acting like they were being attacked because their brains were telling them they were. Yeah. The same seawater could have then mixed with the nitroglycerin or whatever was on board, Mm -hmm. which particularly nitroglycerin is just horribly unstable, and that's why it blew up after the people came aboard. It just so happened that they got there right as it was all mixing together. Right. Another fun explanation. Aliens. Aliens! Hands. In 1953, Fate magazine speculated that the crew was attacked by paranormal forces or maybe even a UFO prior to their death, and that's why they were all frozen in terror with really scared looks on their faces, and they had the defensive posing, and that's why the dog would be snarling, because the dog is trying to protect his friends. Right. Because he's a good boy. There were even rumors that some of the corpses were pointing, which would potentially imply there were alien attackers, like, Aliens. oh no, look out, dead. And that's the Oorang Medan. Wow, thanks, I hated it. I know, I told <laughs> you, I started out not creepy, and I ended it with it being horrible. Again, I was doing this research at like five o'clock yesterday when the sun was still out and I was just like, it's upsetting. Mm. Yeah, that one's rough. Like again, there's, it's possible that it just got blown out of proportion, that this ship, everybody was dead on board, that they were illegally smuggling nitroglycerin Mm. and it just blew up.
1: I, I want it to be real. I mean, like this is one story where it's like super creepy, but I'm also like, hell yeah. I know. Like this is, <laughs> this
0: is exactly why we do this podcast cuz I'm like this is horrifying but also I love it.
1: Yeah. So we, I hate it but I also love it. Yeah,
0: it's like this I is, die. <laughs> I die. Like that that part alone like I, the first account I read of it was just very brief like they got the two messages and the last message ended with I die and I was like ooh, ooh I have got chills and then it was like and then they got there and everybody was dead and the ship blew up and I was like what the fuck and then i was reading more detailed accounts which included all the details about the people looked afraid even the dog was right. snarling and they all seemed like they had just gotten like frozen where they were and died in terror and then like everything blew the fuck up this and there would was make a really good suspense horror film Ooh, yeah and it's like actually aliens and like you follow it from the ship's perspective and then like you're like it'll be okay somebody's gonna survive because how else would they explain how they tell the story and then it like fades to black and then it's like two days later and it's the silver star pulling up and being like oh no all right who wants to give us money to make this movie (sighs) and also to fund us to go to rhode island and drink hot cocoa and look for that one ship right Yeah. yeah
1: yeah So (sighs) that was an hour of spoop. (laughs) (laughs) We don't feel great
0: and we hope you don't either. I'm just kidding. No. No, That was fun. That was fun. It's just, that story, like, I genuinely have the chills right here, and yeah. that's, like, the fourth time I've read about this shit. Right, that was, but, that was a lot. Yeah, I told you, yeah. I started out not creepy, because the Mary Celeste is like, they all went missing, how strange, and then the Urang Medan is like, oh, fuck, what the hell? What happened to these guys? <laughs> Yikes. If you have theories about what happened to the Orang Medan, if you're related to anybody who was on the Silver Star and can give their first-hand account... I would love the shit out of that, because, like... I'd love the ship out of that. I would love the ship out of that. (laughs) How many times can we make that joke? So many. Because, like, it was officially recorded by the Coast Guard five years later, so it's possible that, like, things got exaggerated, like, maybe they just found a ship, everybody on board was dead, and then it blew up. Yeah. Because it was 1957, and there were fucking U-boats or whatever. Yep. Or 1947. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it just sort of took on a life of its own until it became this whole creepy pasta. But, I don't know. Like, I think... I think what I think happened mm-hmm. is they had some sort of nerve gas on board. yeah, And it just... Something happened, they hit a storm or whatever, it and some of it went and, off. Yeah. And that's why everybody was having the fear response, because yeah. it was attacking the part of their brain that produces fear. And so, they all died from the nerve gas, and... The person had the time to get out the message being like, we're all dying, please help. And then, like, the indecipherable Morse code would be from, like, whatever reaction yeah. from the nerve gas.
1: That poor dog deserved better. I
0: know, poor puppy. At yeah. first I was like, oh, it's only in the one account. The dog part's probably not true because the doggie doesn't deserve it. No, uh, poor pup. deserve it. But
1: I shipped that dog in happiness in the afterlife. Right. Um, so yeah, if you have any nautical stories yeah, or not nautical, you just have ghost stories not or, pickle. um, like for example, like a year ago, yeah. um, when we started the podcast, one of my friends told me a story that a bartender told him. Like it doesn't have to be your story. It could That's be something true. that you heard. Yeah. You know, feel free to send to us. See see if you can creep us out. Please. Because it's pretty easy, honestly. But like... Because when we get submissions, we usually will take turns reading them and we'll make sure the other person hasn't seen it. So we can get like an authentic reaction. And they're usually upsetting. So please, upset us. Try your best.
0: Yeah, we got a really good story from Marcus of Popcorn Mm Prattle about when he was little on the Queen Mary. Yeah, I'm like... His mom apparently summoned a fucking demon yep. with a Ouija board and whatever. So, like, send us those stories. If you have the weird aunt that your parents joke is a witch and one time she went out on a boat and came back and wouldn't talk about her day, tell us about it.
1: Yep. And we'll make up a story for what or happened another day. like, if your grandparents lived in a haunted house and for some reason now your parents live in that haunted house. <laughs> yeah. And they just won't sell it. Yeah. Like, talk about that. Yeah, haunted farmhouses. Tell us about it. Oh, hell yeah. 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 So
0: tell us your stories. Thank you for listening. We hope we creeped you out in the funnest way possible, Mm -hmm. the way that we do. And And just watch out for the Flying Dutchman. And for fuck's sake, if you're in a love triangle, write a sad poem in your feelings journal and be done with it.
2: The Mona Lisa, The Hope Diamond the sarcophagus of king to uncommon humanity has accumulated hundreds upon hundreds of priceless artifacts and treasures each one the physical embodiment of a certain time and place but for all of humankind's greatest achievements we also kind of suck for every priceless painting on display in the louvre there is another masterpiece stolen and bartered off in an underground auction or even collecting dust in your grandmother's attic each week Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, explores the strange, but mostly true, tales behind history's greatest lost treasures. If you like unsolved mysteries and true crime, with maybe a little less murder, but certainly a few weird deaths, then you should come along on the journey. Join me, Maxwell, as I dig beneath the couch cushions of history. You can find Relic on iTunes, or stream us at relic.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without the E's. Adventure awaits.
1: All right, this month is coming to a close, but we participated in the Two Pods a Day campaign. Yay! This is a campaign to
0: call attention to smaller indie podcasts like us and probably some of your other faves. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to take this chance to say thank you for letting us participate in the Two Pods a Day campaign and to encourage you to check out possibly your new favorite podcasts like Jimmy Seen Some Stuff, Species, and Unabashedly Obsessed. And also it's at two pods a day on Twitter to like the number, not like TWO. Yay. Yay. Maybe podcast.